0: And welcome once again, Penny, for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS. Glad to be with you, Brian Barnhart, on this Thursday. Man, is this month flying right by! Memorial Day weekend coming up this weekend. A sunny, warm day today, and a high of 85, 71 currently. Bright sunshine in downtown Champaign. We have a busy, busy show for you today. On Penny for your thoughts, and uh, we're going to start out in this uh, first hour visiting with the folks from the uh, Illinois Fire Service Institute, Colonel Royal Mortensen, and we've also got Chief Heather Moore and Lieutenant James Childers. Uh, Lieutenant Childers from the Champaign Fire Department, Chief Heather Moore over in, in Springfield, but part of the uh, Fire Institute, Special Operations Director, and Colonel Mortensen is the director. Tell you about the 94th Annual Fire College going on at the Institute coming up Here in a a couple of weeks. So we'll visit with them about that to start the show today. We'll take your open line phone calls on the various topics of the day. As well, uh, in the middle of all of this, as, uh, of course, the president announcing just a few minutes ago that there will be no summit with Kim Jong-un in Singapore on June the 12th. So uh, that was breaking news, as you heard from CBS at the top of the hour. Your thoughts on that uh, lots of other topics today as well that we'll get into on an open line, open forum segment. Among other things, uh, the new NFL owner's rule about standing for the national anthem. That was big news yesterday in the sports world. President weighed in on that as well, as you might expect. Champaign police officer no longer with the department. traced back to being under the influence of alcohol on a couple of different occasions. Uh, those are certainly topics. The nursing home, Champaign County nursing home, that's been a big topic here recently and some dispute over a seat on the county board. And then uh, later on in the show, towards the end, we're going to talk about uh, Dr. Howard School, elementary school, built in 1910. A special event tonight as they will uh, officially celebrate uh, that building, its history, and then, of course, going to tear it down and build a new one there at uh, Dr. Howard Elementary. So we'll talk to uh, Dr. Susan Zola and also the principal, Jeff Dobbs, in the closing minutes of our show today. So we'll start with the Fire Institute at the top. Take your phone calls in an open line forum in the middle. And at the end, it will be about Dr. Howard. So if you have some memories of Dr. Howard, get those ready with text, emails, phone calls uh, for uh, that topic a little later on in the show. 3569397. You can join us on the phone lines. Text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. And you can email us, talk at WDW.com. We'll take our opening break and get started this morning on Penny for Your Thoughts. Give us a call, email, or text today as we roll through a Thursday in late May. Back in a moment. Back on Penny for Your Thoughts. New stock 1400, DWS. We are at 911. Want to remind you if you are looking for a great place to eat, summertime is upon us almost here. Memorial Day is kind of the official start of that, right? Uh, Head over to the Beef House in Covington, Indiana. Established in 1964 for over 50 years, they've been uh, having people venture that direction and enjoy great steaks, chicken, pork, pasta, and seafood. If you want to think about a smaller entree, about a Beef House hamburger, a cheeseburger, filet or cod sandwich, maybe a breaded or grilled pork tenderloin, or maybe a Philly cheese steak sandwich, all of that available at the Beef House in Covington, Indiana. If you want to go smaller than that, maybe a cup of soup, But it's all available to you. Great desserts at the Beef House as well. Ice cream and sherbet, sundaes and cheesecake. We made you hungry yet? I don't know. Coffee, tea, iced tea, milk, cappuccino, or soft drink. No matter what you're hungry or thirsty for, the Beef House has available for all of that uh, for you. Exit 4, just off of I-74 in Covington, Indiana. We've been there many, many times with the Illinois sports teams and individually and never disappointed. So the Beef House in Covington, Indiana, I-74 in Covington, just across the state line. Remember, they are an hour ahead, so make your plans accordingly. All right, 356-9397 is the phone number. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. You can email us, talk at WDWS.com. The uh, 94th Annual Fire College coming up at the Illinois Fire Service Institute in Champaign. And we have, uh, we have a full studio here, a full deck. Colonel Royal Mortensen is the director. He is here. How are you? Glad to be here. Thank well, you very good much. Good to have you here. Appreciate it. Good. You're all wearing your Illinois Fire Service Institute gear. Yeah. Somebody said this was going to be TV. That's <laughs> why we are <wore> it. <laughs> well, you know, we can, uh, we can do anything <laughs> we want, right? We can <laughs> say you're wearing anything. But good to have you here. We've also got Chief Heather Moore, Special Operations Director for the Fire Institute and with the Springfield Fire Department. Yes, sir. How Thank are you? Sir.
1: I'm great. Good great.
0: good to have you here. And Lieutenant James Childers, uh, IFSI instructor from the Champaign Fire yeah, Department. Right. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Good to have you guys on. Uh, let me ask Heather and James first. Uh, how long have you guys been with your respective departments? 18 years. 18 years.
2: I've been with Champaign for 13.
0: For 13. And uh, Colonel Royal Mortensen, you've been the director, what, since 2012, right? Since
3: 2012, about five and a half years now. Yeah.
0: Is it going fast?
3: It is. It yeah. seems like yesterday I just took over.
0: Well, let's talk uh, about you v- quickly. I've been hitting on different uh, stories along the week leading up to Memorial Day as we honor those sure. who served our country, gave their lives for our country in this case for Memorial Day. Uh, but you also served, uh, you were commissioned to, what, into the Marines years I, ago? Yes, sir.
3: I uh, served 30 years in the Marine Corps and retired in 2012 as a, uh, a colonel. Mm-hmm. Um, left in September 2012 and took over the Institute in September 2012. And it seemed like a a great transition, a great fit to come from serving our country to serving the fire service in the state of Illinois.
0: And briefly, you served in uh, Iraq, Operation, what, Iraqi Freedom? Uh, yeah. That was right at the beginning of all that, right? Yeah, 2003, I was an infantry battalion commander on a march up to Baghdad. Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, what was that like? Uh, it was uh, what I always call, say is a uh, life-defining um, mm-hmm. experience in my life. I, I joined the Marine Corps in 1983 and, and with the goal of leading Marines and and uh facing the challenge of leading marines in combat and i had that privilege in 2003 leading the second battalion eighth marines and about a thousand marines on the march to baghdad becomes a defining moment of your life and um Mm -hmm. those that have experienced it uh you never forget it it's not that it's negative or positive it's Mm -hmm. uh it's just part of your life and part of your experience but i look back on it with very thoughtful and and uh, happy about the things that we were able to do.
0: I was going to say, uh, you have to, you can, people can talk about it or read about it, but you had to experience it to understand what you and the troops went through, right?
3: Absolutely. You know, it's it, it is one of those things where when we get together, you get together with uh, Marines you served with in combat. Uh, we'll get together for an event or a holiday or something, and if, invariably we start talking about the latest baseball game or the football game, but for long conversations turn back to those experiences that we shared that shared hardship and and the things that we saw mm-hmm. and did and and uh, we're proud of our service and mm-hmm. it's important that you know I always we get thanked and we really appreciate that but the important thing that I like to share with people is is I did it because I loved it
0: and it was what I wanted mm-hmm. to do and as uh, this weekend we remember those who gave their lives along the way too. absolutely so, so. absolutely alright well Colonel Royal Mortensen is the director uh, let's talk about the fire college in general, 94th has been going on what since, what, 1925? 1925.
3: 1925 uh, we're the oldest continuous uh, uh, fire training uh, event in the country. Um, we're, uh, we trained uh, about 62,000, 63,000 students a year. Um, about 25% of those students will come through our Champagne site here, but we do it all over the state. We trained firefighters last year from 100 out of 102 counties. But Fire College, uh, 7 to 10 June, is uh, one of our big annual events. We'll have... Uh, Over 400 firefighters here from Thursday to Sunday uh, doing all sorts of hands-on training and Mm -hmm. and, uh, classroom training, but mostly hands-on focused. And it's a great opportunity for volunteer departments and paid-on-call departments uh, to get training uh, with some of the finest instructors uh, in the country, and I can Mm -hmm. say that without any equivocation.
0: Well, again, it'll take place uh, in early June, June 7th through the 10th. We mentioned established in uh, 1925. Fire departments in uh, Illinois get basic, as you say, hands-on training, learn basic skills at at no cost. Uh, How many uh, each year do you normally get for this? For for this event,
3: Mm -hmm. we'll have anywhere from 400 to 450 Mm -hmm. um, come through for that weekend. It's it's our largest single weekend training event. We do a number of them all year long. but it represents a, a, a lot of activity in a short period of time. There will be hundreds of departments that will be represented from all over the state, from as
0: far south as Metropolis to as far
3: north as Cook County and McHenry County.
0: We've got firefighters from Springfield and Champaign here. Let me ask you about Springfield and the impact that this institute and this training has on fire departments.
1: Um, it is... Uh An opportunity for fire departments to go outside of their normal training regimen to be exposed to other uh, philosophies, other thoughts, other uh, skill sets as well as props, different pieces of equipment in order uh, to go back and make their departments better. So it's a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity that the Illinois Fire Service Institute offers not only as uh, Director Mortensen said in Champaign but also throughout the state.
0: Mm -hmm. And Lieutenant Childers you'd say the same thing uh, for Champaign. Right. your experience what, right. what talk about how it impacts
2: the impact is immeasurable for the local fire departments uh, the city of champaign for example uses ifsi exclusively for our entry-level training mm-hmm. and a lot of our members had started out in the volunteer ranks and then come through fire college programs like the one that i'm involved with with a basic recruit and it lays the foundation for a career of 30 to 40 years of service to their communities it's a great starting place
0: now, there are several uh, classes that take place. There are several tracks. How does all that take place? How, what, you, what goes on? If you say fire college, what are we, we going to be doing, I guess? Well,
3: there's 27 different offerings for fire college this year, and they, they range in, in scope and difficulty from, as uh, J.P. Childers Lieutenant Childers suggested, uh, recruit-level kind of training to some of it being a little more advanced, but it's all entry-level for the most part, hands-on. Uh, students can go online and register and, Pick and choose from a menu of classes that fit their needs or what they what they would like to do based on what they see on the menu. Or we have recommended tracks. We can say t- take this class on Thursday, take this class on Friday, take this one on Saturday, and this one on Sunday, and it will make is a logical sequence of developmental training mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, both uh, Heather here, do you, do you teach a specific uh, class yourself, or how are how are you involved? I guess in all of this.
1: Um. Well. I, uh, I'm a director now, so I don't get to teach as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, the different tracks that are available are not only specific to fire, um, as my role is a special operations training program director, so there's mm-hmm. specialized things that your community offers. That it's not just uh, fire extinguishment. Um, there's also response to rope rescue, confined space. There could be trench emergencies, uh, collapsed buildings, and so... Uh, my area of responsibility is to ensure that those people are trained and ready to respond to those specialized things within their community. Um, also too, um, we offer classes on National Incident Management System that allows your um, public officials the opportunity to be able to frame up a larger incident and how to manage that. Uh, leadership development decision making is that we once we have those core um, skills uh, developed and those techniques. Uh, that you have to evolve to how to make decisions in emergency situations. So we put you through those tasks and and learning how to figure out best to make decisions based upon your SOPs, your SOGs, uh, the rules within your fire department and how best to apply
0: those. Yeah, there's all kinds. When you think fire, people think house fire generally. But there's all kinds of situations. You've got wildland fires. You've got uh, firefighting on rails, industrial fires. I mean, there's a lot more to this, right?
2: Absolutely. There are... In the fire service, we are truly multitaskers, and we have to be prepared for a variety of emergencies. Anything that you can imagine that's not directly law enforcement related, our communities call upon us to respond to and mitigate and protect the lives and property of those we serve.
0: And any more, we've had, uh, I know the law enforcement's dealt with a lot of the mass casualty situations. Is there training, I mean, are things involved in that too? We train,
3: we have uh, opportunities, we provide opportunities to train with other functional area. First responders in the state uh, in multifunctional exercises. We're going to have a major one here at IFS is at, in in Champagne at IFSI, and also coordinated in Chicago here at the end of Ju- in, end of July, which will involve uh, up to 12 to 15 different state agencies, as well as the United States Marine Corps uh, Chemical Biological Incident Response Force, which will be here
0: doing some training in late July. So, if I'm someone out there, I've been thinking about getting into this field. I mean, is this there's entry level you can learn the basics, right?
3: I Absolutely. Mean, that's what that's what we do. Um, I, I'll turn to JP to talk about the track of a volunteer right. to a career department. Go ahead, JP. Right. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I was just
2: about to say. Come see me at Fire College. Uh, if you join your local fire department, your local volunteer agency, for example, uh, your entry-level start, your best start to lay the foundation, is coming through the Entry Level and Recruit Program at IFSI. I love this group of firefighters because – they're just happy to be there. They remind me of me when I started, you know, coming up to IFSI and you know, right out of high school and uh, learning the basic skills. And the training is successive, so mm-hmm. they start or progressive. They start with us, learn the basic skills, and then next fire college they take some more things and expand their learning opportunities and uh, up to and eventually coming through our fire academy, you mm-hmm. know, and preparing them for a future life of service.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you both got into this. Uh, What's the first thing you were – was it something you were surprised by, the experience of of going through this and learning about this, being a firefighter in general?
2: Absolutely. Uh, For me, personally, and it's been such a special honor and privilege to work at Fire College because now my fire service mentor actually works for me in the program that uh, Colonel Mortensen had elected me to – or selected me to serve in. And it's been a wonderful opportunity. And the thing that shocked me the most was the selflessness of all the people and the dedication of the people that I get the opportunity to work with and for. Mm-hmm. Same thing for you, Heather.
1: Well, I, when I became instructor with IFSI, um, it says in our mission that we're helping firefighters do their work through training, education, information, and research. And the fact that the first word is help, is that everything that we do is the spirit and intent of helping others, as J.P. said, selfless service. So... What an opportunity to be a part of something so big and the influence that you have and the ripple effect that you may potentially have with the people that attend our classes and to go back. And again, we're more than just as the name firefighters. We are the community guard because we have to be ready for anything and everything when someone calls 911. Mm -hmm.
0: Visiting with the folks here, Colonel Royal Mortensen from the uh, Illinois Fire Service Institute. He's the director. Chief Heather Moore, Special Operations Director for the uh, Fire Institute over with the Springfield Fire Department and uh, Lieutenant James Childers, IFSI instructor with the Champaign Fire Department. Okay, so people, uh, they need to register online. I guess that's the first That's the first step. First go step. to our
3: website, track us on social media. We can get you there, any one of our social media uh, venues, and, and go online and register. Registration is going to be open all the way through to, to 6 June, which is the okay. day before training. We'll even accept walk-ins on any day. So, uh Come see it and and come uh, experience some of the greatest training you're ever going to have. And these, these, uh, Lieutenant Childers and Chief Moore are examples of extraordinary, not only firefighters in their own right and officers in their own right in the fire Mm -hmm. service, but instructors that give of themselves and care about their profession in a way that uh, is a pleasure to be around. Mm -hmm.
0: FSI.illinois.edu. That's the website. The number is 217-244-6790. And uh, located 28 acres, training ground, right? That's it. Gertie, Gertie Avenue.
3: Yeah, where we're, we're all that smoke and flame you see when you're in Culver's <laughs> eating your cheeseburger. and.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, so they could they could walk up the day of? Uh, we do registration? walk-in
3: registration. Okay. As long, as long as you're on a fire department, we'll do walk-in registration, and you can sign up for a class uh, on any one of the days during the course.
0: Okay. Anything else we need to know?
3: We covered everything? I think we did. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate you guys coming in today. Well, thank, thank you, you for having us. Oh, I mean, you very great welcome. opportunity, and, and uh, we're very appreciative. Thank you for your service and all the work you do and how you serve your communities. And uh, 94th Annual uh, Fire College, Illinois Fire Service Institute, coming up June 7th through the 10th. It's been going since 1925, and it's the oldest continuous fire training institution in the United States, right here in our town. How about that, in Champaign? Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank and you. we'll continue with more. Penny for your thoughts. Open line phone calls here for a while. We'll talk about farewell to Dr. Howard Elementary coming up at the end of the show, but more straight ahead on Penny for your thoughts. All right, we appreciate the uh, folks from the Fire Service Institute. They do great work and uh, teaching others about uh, firefighting in all kinds of circumstances. Hope you'll check that out Uh, if you're a volunteer fireman or looking to get into that particular profession. Certainly, it's a valued and appreciated uh, part of our community, and uh, they've been doing it a long time down there. Used to be our neighbors. We always got we saw a lot of smoke about this time of year coming across uh, Neal Street there at our old location, and it was what well, must be the fire college, and that's what's going on. Michael Kaiser is here with us uh, for some news headlines. I want to ask you real quick. I know you're probably maybe doing the story too but about the. Uh, Police officer, mm-hmm. Champagne police officer, you talked to Chief Cobb yesterday. Yes, yeah, I got uh,
4: about yeah. ten or fifteen minutes with him yesterday yeah. morning. Give
0: me the quick synopsis of. I mean, you don't have to re- give me the whole oh, story. no,
4: no, that's fine. No, yeah, we uh, yeah we uh, played that throughout our news this morning, and uh, there's a, the podcast of our entire interview with Chief Cobb is uh, up on our website wdws dot com. But basically, um, the two incidents that led to the his uh, wasn't dismissal because they he. Entered into a separation agreement with the department earlier this month mm-hmm. due to an incident from September 30th of last year where he smelled of alcohol at a firearms training session. This is Justice Clinton. Justice Clinton, Clinton yeah, 40, th- th- yeah, Fisher. Mm-hmm. Now people remember that name from the thefts and burglaries in, in Fisher on Mother's Day, uh, but that's not related to this anyway. That happened way after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the in September 30th of last year was the. Uh, first alcohol incident where they could smell alcohol on him. He had some erratic behavior, according to Champaign police. And then March 13th of this year, he returned to work on February 20th. He was suspended without pay after an investigation. Returned to work on February 20th, entered into a last-chance agreement with the department, which means if any other violations, he would be fired. That's what the, the agreement said. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on March 13th, he was came back and he smelled of alcohol again. Uh, the, the front desk employee observing had bloodshot or glassy eyes, Uh, And so then they were they called him in the office and they made him get a blood and urine sample. And he tested positive again. They gave him a portable breath test at that moment. And then he took another sample at the hospital Mm -hmm. and then he tested positive. Now, so he was not fired, even though that was the last chance agreement. They entered a separation agreement instead. Uh, And then on May 13th, Mother's Day is when the the thefts in uh, Fisher uh, took place. Uh, So it's. You know, Chief Cobb had alluded, alluded to the fact that it was a dangerous situation at a firearms training event, but he was not. Uh, and Chief Cobb wasn't there, but he was not involved using a weapon uh, or really around people like mm-hmm. up close with them, working with them. He was just kind of off to the side.
0: Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to clarify yep. some of that, sure. and uh, because of the, the, you had the, the burglaries in Fisher, yep. mm-hmm. but that wasn't. That was after yeah, he was, had been yeah. the in terms of a disengagement I guess or whatever had already taken place. Yeah, so. the two
4: the two events were September thirtieth and March thirteenth. So the Fisher incidents uh were, were way separate. Yeah, there it was way after the fact he actually was he was actually already entered into a separation agreement with a city on May eighth, which was before Mother's Day. Right. So that was already done and over with. It just kinda the timing is kind of weird how that kind of came out in, in the same, about around the same time as the incidents in Fisher. Well, the so.
0: podcast, your interview with Chief Cobb, is at wdws.com yep. so people yep. can hear the whole conversation. All right, we'll let you do the news okay. and uh, we'll get ready for open line here for the next hour. And then at the end of the show today, last 20 minutes, we'll talk about the farewell to Dr. Howard Elementary School. But uh, Michael with the news. Any for your thoughts? News Talk 1400 DWS. Welcome back. 356-9397 is the phone number. Open forum here. Open line time for a while, up until about ten forty. So if there's something on your mind you'd like to uh, talk about this morning, we can certainly do that. The big news from Washington was that uh, President Trump says no summit now with uh, Kim Jong Un due to some hostility he detects on the part of Kim Jong Un. So uh, that was uh, breaking news. The president also weighing in on the NFL. He weighs in on a lot of things, doesn't he? (laughs) Weighed in on the NFL, talked about that. He thought it was a good policy, the NFL. The NFL uh, AP writes the NFL has muddled a divisive issue by announcing that players will be required to stand for the national anthem if they're on the field before games. The uh, league's new policy has stirred up defenders of free speech, prompted a couple of owners to quickly backtrack and raised all sorts of potential questions heading into next season. That was a um, decision by the NFL owners. It was unanimous yesterday. So that was a big national headline. And, of course, uh, locally, Champaign County Board, will they be voting tonight on whether to sell the nursing home? I guess it depends on if they find out from the state's attorney's office how many votes they need to make that decision because of a dispute over one of the seats on the county board. So that's continued to be a problem. All right, uh, let's uh, open up the phone lines here. We have Joy jumping in first. Good morning, Joy.
5: Oh, good morning. I want you to know J is for Jesus, O is for others, and Y is for yourself.
0: That's what my grandma taught me. My grandmother taught me that.
5: Really? Yeah. How about that? Well, I've got a, a sweet little story to start off your day. Okay. I was going down Windsor. I just passed the corner where the bank and Walgreens is. And up ahead on the left, I was going east. I saw a red pickup truck. And I thought, oh, I I bet he is needing something. So the traffic uh, was going on its Regular speed, and over to the right is this oh, angel from God. Uh, he he, I rolled down the window, and you know what he was doing? He was slowing up truck or cars for this beautiful ge- goose, and she had five little little babies. And the daddy was in the back, and she was walking, waddling uh, along the grass, and he was slowing down cars with his hands in the air to save these little critters' life.
0: Oh, my goodness. And it,
5: it just brought tears to my eyes. I went up ahead, turned around, came back, and thanked him. And uh, you know, Brian, if people would just think of others, and uh, it's a beautiful story because without this man, that whole little family could have gotten hit. So because we live in this town and there's so many of these geese, uh, I'm asking drivers to be alert to these little people. Hmm. Uh, They're God's. They're little gods, little animals, and uh, we should protect them, and I'll never forget this gentleman. Hmm. So I thought that was a happy story, and uh, that's why I called you, because so much stuff is not happy. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget this story
0: about
5: this, this gentleman.
0: Well, that's great. Well, thank you, Joy, for sharing that. That's terrific.
5: Oh, goody, I'm, I didn't want anyone to think it was insignificant because I thought it was a beautiful story. Yeah. And I want you to have a beautiful day. And you know what? I love you. I love that you got this sh- show. I, I miss old Jim, but I'm glad you're the MC. You do a great job, and you have a great day.
0: Hey, Joy, thank you. I appreciate all, right, all that. Yep, have a great day, okay? okay? You too. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. That's a great way to start the open line segment, huh? How about that? 356-9397 is the phone number. You can do that. You have the floor, so you can bring up any topics you'd like. I've got a few here. We can always talk. I mean, there's evergreen topics. We can always talk uh, Trump, politics, uh, the North Koreans, the Iranians. Uh, we can do all of that anytime you'd like on an open line. So feel free to do that. If You've got know uh, there are opposing views out there on different things. So uh, we can have that back and forth. If there's something you want to bring up, story like that, feel free to do that. That's the beauty of the open uh, forum, open line segment here on a penny for your thoughts. Doing this for about an hour here, and then we will uh, talk about farewell to Dr. Howard Elementary School, which is the oldest active school building in uh, Champaign. Built in 1910, they're of course, going to, part of the referendum was they're going to tear it down and build a new one on that site. So we'll talk with Dr. Susan Zola from Unit 4 and Jeff Dobbs, the uh, principal at Dr. Howard, coming up a little later this morning. Worked last night, helped my wife out at a junior high dance in Muhammad. They had their junior high um, graduation ceremony, honor ceremony, yesterday. And uh, junior high dances are interesting to watch, aren't they? <laughs> I don't think they've changed much in the 40 years since I went to one. Uh, it's just interesting to watch. Anyway, uh three five six nine three nine seven, You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357 or email us talk at WDWS.com. It's interesting because you've got groups of boys – Over here, and different group of boys, different group of girls. They all kind of move through from the the gym where the dance is to the cafeteria where the uh, snacks are. Just an interesting human dynamic at that age. Uh, Let's see what else is uh, going on here. I mentioned um, sports, Illini baseball. If you didn't stay up last night, Dave Lone had the call here on the radio, of course, with Jeff Huth from Omaha. The Illini uh, pitching staff did a great job. And uh, they combined to hold Indiana to one run. I don't think Indiana scored for seven-plus innings. They win it last night. They play late tonight against the number one seed at the Big Ten tournament, Minnesota, 9 o'clock p.m. Dave Lone with the play-by-play. You can go back to the old days, uh, listening, get your radio on, get your little uh, radio on and listen or stream it or wherever you want to do it. Late night baseball action for the Illini. And the uh, NHL Stanley Cup is set. Don't know how many people, if you're a hockey fan. I know Loney is, but uh, if you're a hockey fan. Washington, the Capitals, who haven't been to the Stanley Cup Finals in 20 years. And the Las Vegas Golden Knights, who just started this year. They're an expansion team. And they're in the Stanley Cup. So uh, pretty interesting in that regard. And real quick on the NFL Uh, President Trump, I said he weighed in on this, says the NFL is doing the right thing with a policy banning kneeling during the National Anthem. Did an interview with uh, Fox and Friends this morning. The policy forbids players from sitting or taking a knee on the field, but allows them to stay in the locker room. Any violations of the news rules would result in fines against teams, but then teams could individually decide how they wanted to do it. That rule was passed without any discussions with the NFL Players Association Uh, which says it will challenge any part of the new policy that violates the collective bargaining agreement. So there will be some legal arguments in regards to that. Also, the uh, owners uh, awarded the 2023 Super Bowl to Glendale, Arizona, 2024 title game to New Orleans. And the Celtics beat the Cavaliers last night. So far, the home team has won every game in the Eastern Conference Finals, 96-83 the win for the Celtics. All right, uh, we'll take a break here. We're at 946. We'll come back with more Penny for your thoughts. Open line conversation today. What's on your mind? Is the NFL rule, is that a good rule, good policy? The owner is kind of acting uh, unanimously there in that sense. We'll see if that holds or what happens with that. What do you make of the fact there is no North Korean summit? And we'll get into some of the other uh, local and national headlines as well here today or bring up any topic you would like after this break on Penny for Your Thoughts.
6: Fox Sports Talk on DWS.
0: You know what this is from right? Jim Lewis knows like every word. Now the reason I'm uh, playing that is because Greece is going to be uh, shown down at the uh, Savoy 16 theater coming up this weekend. You can check that out on the entertainment page on the go in the uh, News Gazette this morning. 40 years now since that film was out. John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John. It's part of the um, Flashback Cinema Series, The Voice 16. Sunday, show times are 2 and 7. So if you're thinking about doing something this weekend, that might be something to think about. Okay, Jim. <laughs> He's got his jukebox going in there. Uh, let's go to Ken. Good morning, Ken.
7: Hey, how are you this morning? Good. How are you? Great. I mean, geez, Louise, look at this day. <laughs> oh, it's
0: perfect. We're perfect. Oh. F- hey,
7: uh, just a few thoughts on some things you raised there. Yeah, uh, the player NFL players thing. Yeah, I think it's going to create more problems. Uh, will want to act out. They will. Uh, my mother taught me a long time ago that when you acknowledge bad behavior, uh, a lot of times it just aggravates it. And I don't think the player gene will will back up anything that's done by this management. And I think it's just uh, creating a situation for people to act out.
0: Yeah, and uh, it was kind of it was it was strange because it was I don't know if they really did anything other than say well, I guess you could stay in the locker room, but you can find them too if you want. I I don't quite understand. You know, well, what I mean? you
7: know, uh, they don't they they want a platform, and the platform and the stage won't be in the locker room; it'll be out on the field, and that's exactly where it'll happen again, and it'll and it'll exacerbate the situation, mm-hmm. and I think further further alienate the fans. I, I think they're just uh, just. Uh, Wishing in one hand and whatever in the other, and hoping which one fills up first. Okay. So, so as far as the uh, Korean thing goes, I'm really good with that. Uh, rather than just take a bad deal, you remember uh, when they tried to do the negotiations for Vietnam and it spent months just on whether they're going to have a round table or a, or a square table. Yes. <laughs> well, that kind of malarkey is is uh, is pretty much in the past with this president, whether you like him or not. Why sit down and take a bad deal? Uh, Kim Jong-un and, and the people over there, they they know what the world looks like outside of there. They're not living in a bubble. They're not ignorant. And he's not ignorant either. Uh, he, you know, what's the point of being the emperor of the worst garbage pile in the world when you look at the rest of the world going to Dubai and living the high life? He's a young man, and he wants that, and, and he'll trade for it. Uh, and the people there know they're not living, you know, they live in a very close society. But they, there's such a thing as the Internet. But younger people over have that have that too. So scotch the deal, walk away from it, let it perk because it's a matter of time. You know, yeah. people get very impatient; they want instant gratification, and it's not going to happen with this guy. He's not going to just take a bad deal to say he got something on paper. You know, and that's that's how I feel about
8: that. Yeah. I'm
7: not. Well, oh, besides that, we got three hostages for nothing. Yeah. We had to pay like like a hundred zillion dollars for them, and they've demolished a couple plants. So. Not, nothing was lost, everything was gained. It's it's been a win situation all the way through. I would
0: I would so, think know. I would think Kim jong un would want the stature of meeting one on one with the United States. That's what kind of puzzles me. Uh um, well
7: stature is one thing, but the perks. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, to be uh you know, to be able to like I said, you know, live like like the emperor that he is rather than you know, it basically he's a prisoner.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. He's
7: a prisoner. You know, and he doesn't want to be a prisoner either. He's, yeah. he's a young man and he sees it. You know, he may be maybe crazy, but he's not stupid. Yeah.
0: All right. And anything else, Ken?
7: Oh gosh, we can go on for days but you other <laughs> people. <be talking. laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> get hey, well Seigman thank
7: you. On again. I, get, get on again. I love oh, yeah. that guy.
0: Well he's he's coming up soon. We we work it out on a schedule, so he'll uh, we'll let you know.
7: Sweet. All, All right. right. Have a great day.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. Now from Candace Sarah. Sarah, good morning.
9: Yes, good morning. Different topic. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm switching over to the Champaign County Board fracas that's going on about the current seat that was fit, filled. And right. Are, now am I understanding this correctly that Julia Reitz is to give the final decision on?
0: The rule Well, that's what I understand. I guess since, you know, you have to have a certain, I think they were told they had to have a certain number of votes, and now there's a dispute over the seat, which Pius Weibel says he's not going to fill um, until later on in June. So, but the other people contend that, no, the seat was filled properly, and so they're waiting on her to tell him, I guess, if there is no seat, if nobody's there, how many votes do they need then to sell the nursing home? Yeah. Um,
9: i wonder if that will be decided before
8: the vote
0: (laughs) yeah you know it's funny sarah because i was asking michael kaiser about that off air i said so what happens if we don't hear anything and you know because they can't really vote and then find out later that oh we needed other votes or we didn't need that many or whatever i mean so my guess is they wouldn't be able to vote
9: but it reminds me of a situation that occurred many years ago when i had a family member serving on the board um he he was a Democrat and was serving with a longtime Democrat person. This longtime Democrat person consistently voted with the Republicans. So he finally turned Republican because he was tired of being a Democrat and voting Republican. <laughs> 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 that actually happened. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's fairly so recent. Anyway, I mean, yeah, okay.
9: This, yeah. this has been probably thirty years ago. Okay, so uh. uh I just always think about that, yeah. so anyway, thank you very much. at thank- least I, I understand the basic rules.
0: yeah, well, thank you, Sarah.
9: Thank you nine
0: fifty seven Anna wall is here before the news at ten. Well, Hi, Anna wall don't
9: take up but a minute of your time.
0: Well, go ahead I'm
9: sick and tired of these athletes and anybody else who disrespects the United States American flag, in spite of the fact that I was born and raised. In the South, under Plessy versus Ferguson, separate but equal black schools, I was trained to to love America. All I am and all I ever have to hope to be, and God has been good to me, is a result of my relationship to the United States of America. Now, I think all those athletes who disrespect America when the anthem is being Plague should be fired and sent to the cotton field somewhere. So that's what I have to say.
0: All right. Hey, in a wall. thank you. Have a good day. We're at uh, 958 here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Happy birthday today, by the way, to Radar O'Reilly. Remember Radar? He is 75 today. S- uh, country singer Roseanne Cash is 63. Patty LaBelle is 74. How about this? Priscilla Presley is 73. And Bob Dylan is 77. You know what his, uh, what he, who he was born and what his name was, his birth name? Robert Zimmerman. Yeah, I think Bob Dylan works better. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the last name of Zimmerman, but I think we all know him as Bob Dylan, so that makes more sense. All right, uh, 9.59 here, approaching the top of the hour. More open phone line conversation, open mic, however you like to phrase it. Uh, The floor is yours in the first, I don't know, about 35, 40 minutes here of the next hour. And then we'll uh, visit with Dr. Susan Zola and also uh, Jeff Dobbs, who's the principal of Dr. Howard. A big celebration tonight as uh, the waning days of the current Dr. Howard Elementary School building. If you have some memories, thoughts, you want to pass those along, Phone call, email, or text during that time. Feel free to get those ready. And we've got the news at 10 on WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Back on, Penny, for your thoughts. Rolling through this Thursday. Boy, does this show go fast. We're just after 10 o'clock, 1010, 76 degrees here at DWS. If you're interested, again, we talked with the folks from the uh, Illinois Fire Service Institute. If you'd like to get involved with that, uh, you can register online fsi.illinois.edu the number there is 217-244-6790 and uh, it's been around since 1925 and since 1980 IFSI serving as the statutory fire training institution for the state of Illinois and uh, through the cornerstone program fire departments in Illinois can get basic hands-on training learn basic skills at no cost. And then there's some other uh, skills you can learn. The registration fees are affordable. Again, fsi.illinois.edu. I appreciate Colonel Royal Mortenson, And we had some other guests as well with us in that first hour. Open line conversation up until after the news at 1030. And then we'll uh, say farewell to Dr. Howard Elementary, the oldest active school building in Champaign. Don't know if you have any memories of going to school at Dr. Howard, but uh, it's been around since 1910. And I've got some information on some of the older school buildings in town as well we might share. I want to remind you we're doing our poppy day today. We had the Champaign-American Legion post 24 and then the Champagne american Legion post 559 out earlier between 6 and 8 and 8 and 10. Now the Rantoul-American Legion post 287 from 10 to noon. You can come by, thank a vet- veteran for their service, pick up a poppy as a remembrance of their service for the men and women who l- lost their lives in battle and uh, also poppy donation money distributed by the individual post through the poppy program to veterans and their families, and active-duty military and their families who are in need. So uh, please stop on by. You can uh, run through here at 15 Main. What will happen is you can pull off a walnut there, walnut in Maine, Uh, just go past the east parking lot and then turn left. You'll see the uh, van sitting out there, our station van, Turn left into there. The folks there waiting from the Legion to give you a poppy. You can make a donation certainly. We welcome those. Be doing that all the way until six o'clock tonight. They'll have uh, American Legion post members from uh, Rantoul, Now, Savoy, Sydney, and Passotum there all the way until six o'clock. So make sure you do that sometime today here at 15 Maine. If you have any questions, just give us a call here at the station. All right, back to the phones here at 10:12. Good morning to Carl. Hey, hey Brian, how are you? How are you, sir?
10: I'm good. I'm good. A uh, uh, couple of things. One that won't get me in trouble, but one that might. Um, I was thinking, with Kerry Davis no longer being the sideline reporter on the on the game football games, uh, I'm hoping they go for a defensive guy for a, the new sideline reporter.
0: Oh, that's interesting, uh, yeah. Interesting thought.
10: Because the broadcast uh, for the last uh, 20, 30 years has never been a uh, defensive guy on the broadcast. And I'd like, you know, it might be good to hear that other perspective.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, we've had what, uh, Jim Grabowski, uh, since I've been here anyway. You know, Jim worked with uh, Jim Turpin for many years, too. And uh, what, Ray Elliott did it for several years, years ago. And then, uh, of course, um, you've got uh, Kurt Kittner, who was a quarterback, and now Martin O'Donnell on the offensive line. That's interesting thought.
10: And, uh, okay, I, I got to say, uh, I was watching and uh, listening to Mark Tupper's video blog yesterday, and he mm-hmm. was talking about the hockey team. Uh, and I'm just kind of opposed to that because uh, you got to take care of the teams you got right now before you get a new team.
0: Talking uh, about at the U of I, right? You're talking. Yeah, mm-hmm.
10: yeah, at Illinois because uh, a decade over a decade ago, I was talking to track athletes and they were telling me, "Hey, we need a new indoor track." And so why, you know, and the base. And the baseball stadium needs to be renovated, Mm -hmm. and you know, you you, if you add a new team, you keep saying, "Well, this will be the third most popular team," but then you're pushing back all the other athletes.
0: Yeah, well, I think that, and I think what everybody has said is that we're still a ways away from you know actually having this. Um, and I think uh, a lot of it has to do. You know, you got to have. I don't know what the cost is—fifty million or or up or beyond or whatever. But you got to have some people making donations. Uh, you know, pitching in and helping. And we're a little ways from that. So.
10: Yeah, I, I understand. But instead of, um, you know, I know when when they're talking about the building, they're going to. Inc- uh, they say volleyball and gymnastics and wrestling and will be in there, but mm-hmm. instead of putting in an ice rink in that building, why not put in an indoor track mm. and then take care of the track teams as well? Hmm.
0: Yeah, well, um, there might be some people who agree with you on that. Yeah, I know that uh, they do need some upgrades there. I know that uh, they've obviously got the outdoor uh, new track facility, track and soccer facility that's going to be coming. So that's a that's a success story. And then, of course, um, you know, with the uh, we had the golf in recent years and and all the other upgrades. So and baseball needs to be upgraded too. So, yeah, there's a lot of priorities to juggle. But you're saying that the indoor or the indoor track should be maybe above anything with, related to hockey. Yeah, yeah,
10: that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I talked to one uh, woman on the track team who said, you know, we spend more time on the in- indoors than we do on the outdoors. So. They really need a better facility for indoors because of all the cold weather. That's where they
0: practice. Sure. Yeah. And tennis has that luxury now. They can, they've got great outdoor and indoor courts, so they can uh, go inside if they need to. So yeah, that's that's a good point.
8: Anyway. All right. Well, hey. Thank you for your time, brother. Yep.
0: Thank you, Carl. Good to hear from you. Three five six nine three nine seven text line. Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. You can email us, talk at wdw.com. If you'd like to uh, join us, again, uh, we hit on some of the big topics earlier. North Korea, no summit as of now, it appears. Um, President Trump reacting to uh, Kim Jong-un, but he didn't say something very nice I guess, against uh, Vice President Pence, among other things, and there's been some other things that Kim Jong-un has been saying lately. So the president says, yeah, you know what, the summit, forget it. And we'll see what Kim Jong-un does after that. So that's a big topic today. We talked with Michael Kaiser a little earlier about the Champaign police officer, uh, Justice Clinton, who is uh, no longer with the department. Uh, we also are going to say farewell to Dr. Howard Elementary School. We'll do that a little later here in this hour and talk to a little bit about the NFL and uh, the owner's decision on the national anthem. That was a a big national story. Let's go back to the phones here. Penny, for your thoughts. John is with us. Good morning, John.
11: Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you doing?
0: Good, sir. How are you?
11: Very good. I just want to say in reference of the national anthem and, you know, honoring the flag, it did not start out to be that way. It was because of police brutality. And all of a sudden, when the Trump spinning wheel started, it got twisted. It threw a lot of people into the mix of being backwards on this whole matter. Then all of a sudden, you've got the president of the United States standing up there cussing and hollering, calling people all kinds of names and all this stuff. You're feeding the fire. This thing is blown out of proportion. And including with the politics right now, this man needs somebody up there to talk to him and tell him the way things need to be done. John Bolton is not the man. John Bolton is worse than Steve Bannon. Bolton is like a loose cannon. Well, and they're the d- words you hear... Go well,
0: ahead. They, well, I was going to say, well, they're doing different jobs. I mean, <laughs> Bolton is, you know, the, what, uh, national uh, security advisor, and, and Bannon was... Kind of an advisor in general, I guess. But but go ahead.
11: Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. One didn't have a job, and the other one had a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, got a job. D- you know, we got to get this country back on track. I tell you what, we are in the bottom of the barrel when it comes to anything. We don't have no dipl- diplomats communicate. The only diplomat we got communicating right now is uh Nikki Haley. And yeah. God forbid prevent- she say something that she wants to run for president. Well that that's another woman. a woman can run this country, and we're going to have another problem. Mm-hmm. this man, somebody better get this man on track before all hell break loose
0: so uh Our John is, uh, go ahead, I was going to ask you, John, what do you think because uh, I know you've talked a lot about your love of country and and so forth what what do you make? What would be your solution to the to the NFL anthem thing? I mean, if they want to kneel, kneel right now, and don't worry about it or or right what
11: here, right, no, here's the thing. Somebody needs to stand on the podium and said, you know what? If you look at what Kaepernick did, he was communicating about police brutality. Where he got that from, go back and look at Dr. King. Dr. King Neal, because of police brutality. He got hit chunked in the head in Chicago with a brick. That's what this is all about. It's not about the flag. It's not about the anthem. It's not about the country. It's police brutality. Now, we get back on track, start thinking, okay, the NFL owners and the players, yeah, they're making money, they're rich. It's all about revenue right now. It's all about money. Trump said when he came in office, everything pretty much is going to be about money. Uh, remember the bonus that we got? How you like these gas prices now? Where's that bonus at?
0: Oh, you're talking about the tax refund.
11: That's right. Yeah. It was It was a drop in a bottle. Not a bucket, a bottle. Hmm. Somebody got to get this man on track. He's right. blowing it for.
0: All right. Well, uh, you know, again, they got the elections coming up uh, here in the fall, so we'll see what the uh, if the Democrats can make as much. As they can.
11: Well, not only Democrats, Republicans too. Hmm. Some some people are sitting there just holding on to their jobs, and it's sad. Hmm. You know what's right, and you know what's wrong.
0: Hey, John, I appreciate the call today, sir. Take care. Thank you. We'll take a quick break. We're back with more open line talk here up until about uh, just after the news, and then we'll talk about Dr. Howard Elementary. Would you go to Dr. Howard? Do you remember the uniqueness of that building? What is it they call it? The uh, cafeteria gymnorium or something is the. Am I right? I did not go there, and. Um, I think I've driven by there a lot. I may have been in there once for something years ago. But it's built in 1910, and they're going to tear it down, obviously, as part of the referendum, build a brand-new one. But if you have any thoughts, memories, uh, they're going to have a big event tonight. We're going to talk about Dr. Susan Zola and then Jeff Dobbs. from the uh, He's the principal there. We'll talk about the school and what's ahead uh, in the next half hour. But uh, more phone calls, open line, and uh, so forth. If you'd like to get your texts in. Ahead of our visit with Dr. Zola and uh, Principal uh, Dobbs, feel free to uh, do that as well. We'll do all that next on Penny for Your Thoughts. Stay tuned. 76 degrees here at DWS. We're on Penny for Your Thoughts, Stock 1400. Glad you're with us today. Hey, if you're looking to uh, sell your home or buy a home, this, of course, is a hot time of the year right now. Things are moving quickly. And If you're looking for a team that will be hands-on in that process from start to finish, the husband and wife team, Steve and Pam Starwald. I got to know Steve a few years ago. He um, actually is responsible for all the headsets that the Illini football coaches use during the course of the game. So he's responsible for setting all that up. That's how I first got to know him. I got to know Pam as a result, of course, them being husband and wife. Pam, by the way, uh, can help you in a variety of ways. She's a senior real estate specialist which means she's completed training and earned a certificate that makes her a senior real estate specialist. Steve's kind of a handyman. He can help with Sometimes he's uh, the one showing you the home. He sometimes makes repairs if there's a repair that needs to be needed. But uh, this entire process, selling, appraising, getting with the banks, I mean, there's a lot that goes on. You know, they when you we joke sometimes you sign a lot of paperwork. You're like, man, this is like buying a house. Yeah, there's a lot that goes on. And the husband and wife team, Steve and Pam Starwald, can help. Here's the number, 239-7156 is how you can reach out to them. That is uh, Pam's cell number, by the way. So if they're out with a client and maybe they're uh, showing a home or they're meeting with somebody or making a closing or whatever, uh, that number rolls into Pam's cell phone number, and so she'll call you right back. It's not going to disappear into a black hole somewhere. uh, Make sure you contact her and uh, Steve's, 239-7156. They're the husband and wife team, the Starwald Group at Keller Williams. You can Google them if you don't remember anything about the number or anything else. Just Google Starwalt, and they will come up. If you Google Pam, it'll come up. If you Google Steve, it'll come up. So uh, check them out. They're the husband and wife team at Keller Williams, uh, the uh, number 239-7156, or Google Starwalt. All right, uh, the text line available to you at 217-351-5357. You can email us, talk at wdws. Dot com. Tim Dimmitt is in here early, and that's always dangerous, Tim. If you do that, I might throw you on the air. I'm here. Is that okay? <laughs> that's fine. Have you been to the Indy 500?
6: Have I been or will yeah. I go?
0: Are you or can't? have I, you been?
6: I Yes, I have been, and I hope to be able to secure tickets this year. Yeah? Is it fun? It is fun. I it was actually on Sports Talk yesterday with Scott uh, talking about it. Before I started working here, IndyCar was not on my radar at all, mm-hmm. but we're affiliate of the IndyCar radio network, so I kind of learned more about it. And I've been uh, uh, privileged enough to be able to get tickets for a few years now, and it is it is a sight to behold. It is something that I recommend everyone go to at least one time in their life. Three hundred thousand people on you know surrounding this track, and it's just a slice of Americana. It's a really fun thing. It is. So uh, does it get loud? It gets very loud. A lot of work. people bring earplugs. Yeah, that'd be a um, good recommendation. And it's. It's it's intense. I mean, you know, the, they have a they have a track announcer, mm-hmm. like a PA announcer right. in uh, mm-hmm. basketball, and and right, they're going three wide around this turn, and here's your three leaders, so you can keep track of it that way. They've got big jumbotrons as well. It's interesting. I mean, the track is so huge, you can only see about a third of it, and then the other two thirds might as well be on another planet. You got to rely on the track announcer and the jumbotrons if there's a crash on the other side of the track.
0: You never see it. You
6: you don't see it.
0: I've always wanted to. I've never announced, and I don't know if you have, any any kind of racing or like that. But I would like to be the, the guy in the turn. I would like to sit with a guy in the turn. Right. Because ra- it's a great radio event, and we'll have it on the radio on Sunday here on DWS. But to me, it's just fascinating to listen as they go from corner to corner to corner. I'd like to just see that up close.
6: I think they've got about a... In fact, we had Nick Yeoman on Sports Talk yesterday, who's one of the broadcasters. He's in turn two. And I think he said they've got close to maybe 10 people on the broadcast Mm -hmm. team. The guys in the booth kind of by the finish line, and then they got guys on every turn, Mm -hmm. and then they got a producer in everybody's ear saying, all right, we're going to turn two now, we're going to turn three now, and it's just constant boom, 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 boom.
0: So it's really cool. It's amazing. All right, we've got news headlines coming up, but Brian has something about the Indy 500. Hey, Brian.
12: Good morning, guys, and thank you, Tim, for joining the ranks of the IndyCar fans. (laughs) This will be... This will be my 28th Indy 500, uh, and this is a special year. I'm taking my 81-year-old dad, who has always watched the Indy 500 on TV but never been there in person. So this will be his very first live Indy 500. And our tradition is if you're a rookie in the group of eight of us that go, you have to sing Back Home Again in Indiana word for word or you have to buy the beer when we get home.
6: (laughs) Jim Cornielsen is uh, singing it this year.
12: And he does a fabulous job. We were a little nervous last year because Jim Neighbors was a very tough act to follow. Mm-hmm. And when Jim did it last year, I mean, the fans just were enthralled with Jim and the, the job he did. So we're really hoping that Jim becomes the, ne- the new Jim for the next generation of Indy 500 fans. But um, we're hoping to see history this year with Elio winning his fourth. And I'm hoping my dad's the good luck charm.
0: Yeah, well, so anybody that's gone, I have not gone ever, so everybody should do that at least once, right?
12: Oh, absolutely, Brian, and if you want, I'll order an extra ticket. You can go with us next year.
0: (laughs) All right, I'll keep that in mind.
12: All right, I'll call you about a month from now because you order your tickets for next year's race literally a month from the race date.
0: Is that right?
12: It's that quick, yeah. If you want to keep your saved seats, you've got to stay in the queue and keep ordering your same seats over and over and over again. But this will be year 28 for me. I've only missed two in the last 30, so I'm not doing too bad.
0: And where do you normally sit?
12: Uh, We're on the front stretch, almost right straight across from the scoring pylon. But I've sat in just about every corner of that racetrack, and Tim's absolutely right. You can't imagine 300,000 people in the same place at the same time, and the cars go by you so fast you can't even read the sponsor's name on the side.
8: Mm -hmm. Uh, You're
12: talking about 235 to 200, almost 240 miles an hour down the front stretch when they're really going. But it is with the cars of today. I mean, Tim, now, you know, talking about yesterday, I'm sorry, I missed that. But the aero kits on the cars nowadays are all the same. Every car has to run the same aerodynamic kits. So it's going to be really interesting to see how close of racing we'll have this year because the cars are so similar. Hmm.
0: Hey, Brian, I got to get to the news, but thank you, sir.
12: Hey, thank you, and let's have a great Memorial Day weekend.
0: Very good. Appreciate it, Brian. We've got Tim Dittman news headlines next, and then we'll talk about Dr. Howard Elementary after that. Back on Penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS. Again, it is Poppy Day. Make sure you're stopping by and making donations, thanking the uh, veterans for their service. Uh, currently, the Tool American Legion Post is. Back at our back door here at the uh, corner of uh, Walnut and Main. If you come by the uh, statue, the Delivery Boy statue there on uh, Walnut, and then just keep going up a little further north and then turn left, you'll see the van there and the, the tent and everything. So we hope you'll donate and get a poppy today as we work our way towards Memorial Day. And a quick text in. John said President Trump started the misconception about the protests against the flag, talking about the NFL. Apparently John forgot about the hands-up, don't-shoot reaction by the St. Louis Rams players to the Ferguson, Missouri shooting. Uh, Michael Brown attacked a shop owner, then attacked a police officer, was shot and killed. Hands-up, don't-shoot was based on a myth. That's a email from, uh, let's see, I don't have a name on that. But anyway, that just came in a couple minutes ago during the news. Three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number. We've had some open line time. Now we're going to talk about Dr. Howard elementary uh, school and Jeff Dobbs is here. He's the principal at Dr. Howard and Dr. Susan Zola, of course, is the superintendent at unit four. Good morning. Susan, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. How are you this morning? Good to have you on, Jeff. You've Thank never you. done a radio interview like this? This is it. This is this, my this, first this debut. your maiden maiden voyage. <laughs> well, Dr. Zola is a pro at this. So well, I'll follow you. her lead. Then. <laughs> <laughs> well, farewell to Dr. Howard Elementary tonight. Uh, tell me about the event. What's going to go on tonight?
13: Uh, for at 5.30 to 6 o'clock we're going to be having an uh, opening ceremony and then from 6 to 7.30 uh, the constituents and the public can come out and tour the building. Uh, we're going to have uh, food trucks from Dave's Dogs, Dragonfire Pizza, Betsy's Bistro, Chester Street. Uh, barbecue and Kona ice there and um, some sweet treats will be provided by cream and flutter and then the rest of the uh, faculty will be there to help celebrate in the closing of Dr. Howard and, uh, moving forward to our new building
0: yeah so are you uh, is school out now your school done, or will or be over tomorrow tomorrow so when okay. people
13: walk through the building they're going to see boxes and uh, all the packing taking place yeah.
0: Well, it's a great old building for people that, I mean, most people know where it is, but uh, where is it if people want to come? It is
13: 1117 West Park Avenue in mm-hmm. Champaign.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's been there since 1910. Correct. And uh, I was thinking of the room. What is it everybody calls the gym and cafeteria? What you What got is it. that?
13: That's It <laughs> is our really our multi-purpose room. It's our gym. It's our cafeteria. Okay. It is um, where we hold assemblies. So whatever we need for a large amount of people, that's where we gather. Mm-hmm.
0: But the event tonight will be kind of outside, outside. in the in the um, yes. playground area and
13: the entire and school grounds will be dedicated to the event. So it is important for people coming to the visit that they know that they have to park on the streets okay. because all the blacktop area will be for okay. The event.
0: And there's parking all around the streets, various yes. streets there. So Correct. all right, that's farewell to uh, Dr. Howard Elementary School again. That's five thirty to seven thirty tonight. They'll start with the opening. Ceremonies at five thirty, uh, 1910. So, this is the oldest active school building in Champaign, right? Correct,
14: Susan? this is so uh, 108 years it served our community well. And as you know, um, we passed a $183 million referendum. Our community has said very loud and clear we support you, public education, and we want strong schools for our strong community. So, this will be uh, one of the first visible. Um, effects of the uh, bond referendum, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll be taking Dr. Howard down and rebuilding on site.
0: Yeah, well, building old buildings, people like old buildings. We've heard all the talk about the Burnham Mansion and, and eventually saving and moving it. Uh, it's hard though to tear down an old building. There's a lot of emotions, there's a lot of memories in those buildings, right? I,
14: I think you'll see that this evening. I've gotten a lot of feedback from former teachers, from families who are third generation Dr. Howard. As you know, my first appointment in Champion Unit 4 29 years ago was the principal at Dr. Howard, 1991. Mm -hmm. So I was there for five years, and it holds a very special place in my heart as well as in many hearts of the community. So we hope we'll see a a positive response tonight. Uh, Individuals are welcome to walk through the building, take photos of a classroom they taught in, Mm -hmm. take photos of other spaces that they have fond memories, Um, knowing that as we say goodbye and close this chapter, we're paving the way for a new opportunity to serve children at that same space
0: people use the phrase a lot uh, in a way you well, you're old school or you're you know, it's an old school way to do things well this is an old school and that's part of the reason that it you know probably needs to come down right and build something new because and we're talking 1910 that's uh, Correct. That was a long time ago.
13: Yeah, it, the new building that we're going to get is just going to be uh, more suitable for our kids and our future kids. So, yeah, definitely, it's mm-hmm. going gonna, gonna to be a nice change.
0: We're going to talk about what's next, what the new Dr. Howard will look like, and what they do in the meantime. We do have a call if you guys want to pop your headphones on. You can, you can listen, and let's go to Zoe. Hey, Zoe, good morning.
9: Hey, good morning, Brian. Um, I, this is kind of sad to me because my parents went to Dr. Howard. School and I've never been in it um, and I don't know if I can get there this evening and I wondered if I can't if I can come over there tomorrow and just look at the building a little bit for a minute. Um, I, um, I'm, I actually am blind but I just would like to have the experience of knowing what it's like in, in Dr. Howard.
14: So I think uh, first of all thanks for your call and thanks for uh, connecting to uh, a story that it means something to your family. Um, at this point, I think we're very open to individuals as uh, finding a time, especially after students are dismissed. Uh, I think they're out tomorrow around 1.30, and obviously staff will be there packing. So I'm sure if you stop by and you'll get buzzed into the campus and are welcome. Um, I think just generally public should know that um, next Tuesday is our last day for staff, and as, as they finish packing, the campus will quickly transition to abatement and um, sort of prep work as we get ready to um, move through demolition and obviously then get ready to groundbreak and rebuild. But you, you definitely have a few more days if you can't make it tonight to hopefully stop by after school hours and, and take a tour. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: so,
9: thank you very much.
0: Okay. So best to just call the school? Call, is
14: uh, or just stop by. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the There's a secure entrance that you can be buzzed in, and they'll ask, uh, you know, welcome, and how can we help you? And just say, you know, I wasn't able to come to the, the uh, celebration, but would love just a quick opportunity to kind of walk the halls one more time. And, again, since it will be after students have been dismissed, mm-hmm. um, I think we can accommodate a lot of those well,
9: options. Thank you. Where's the, where's the secure entrance? Which, which side is that on this?
13: It is off of um, Park Street. It's okay. underneath the breezeway.
9: Underneath mm-hmm. the breezeway. Okay. Yeah. Well, somebody will be driving me if I do it. So mm-hmm.
5: I really appreciate this. Thank you.
9: Thank, thank you, you, Zoe. Thank you. Yep, Bye. appreciate
0: it. Uh, you, you say, Dr. Uh, Zoe, you've already heard a lot of stories. What are any that you can uh, share real quick? Any um, memories of people of So a
14: lot of it is just uh, you know as you would expect in a neighborhood school model, right? Where families remember walking um, their oldest, who's now in their 40s or 50s, who then came back to the community and then had their family, and then the grandparent, and then the parent now walking their youngest. Um, and so it's just sort of been a, a, a space where if you remember when Hartwell Howard donated the land back in 1910 it was a cornfield it was in the far 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 part of our community and as you can imagine right 108 years later how our community has grown around it and it's really part of the center infill of now Champaign. So most of, the, most of the, the memories are individuals who have walked and, and had other generations. Um, many teachers have spent their entire careers at Dr. Howard or a good portion of their careers. So I, I think that's what we'll hear this evening is just a lot of heartfelt memories um, and also probably an appreciation that we're rebuilding with, with, within the same campus footprint.
0: Dr. Howard was one of uh, Champaign County's first doctors. So he donated that land. He That's did. Interesting Hartwell history. Howard.
14: Yeah. So um, obviously uh, individuals, we have lots of examples, even in the current day, where individuals give back to the community, and then those facilities are named in honor of that. So he was a physician who, want, who was philanthropic in 1910 and wanted to give some land that could obviously serve the community, and 108 years later has done more than serve. It has been an institution and a real legacy as a part of our Unit 4 story.
0: So it was built in 1910. Uh, it was Columbia before. Columbia was built before that, right? It goes back a little further.
2: I think so.
14: Yeah. Um, and obviously, Columbia Center will be a swing school for us in the next five years. The Dr. Howard campus will be transitioning there. We've used it for BT Washington. We re- rebuilt that campus. So Columbia continues to serve us as a temporary sh- swing site. Um, and it will continue to do that in the next few years as Dr. Howard transitions mm-hmm. there.
0: So, when. Uh, let's talk about the new Dr. Howard. What's uh, Give me some key things that will be in that building obviously we're in the new century here so there's a lot of well lot of
13: definitely it's going to be um, accessible for all people so we'll have the updates in that area but it's going to be really centralized so that there's more common areas for students to gather There are going to be a uh, Oh, uh, collaboration areas for grade levels and classrooms to open up into those cl- uh, collaboration areas. So there's going to be a lot more opportunities for classes to to work together.
0: Mm-hmm. And it'll be a two-story building? It will
13: be a two-story building.
0: Yeah. And uh, with a modern design and with all the um, computer and technology Definitely that goes it with it that.
13: We've been working with Ratio for the last, this entire school year in uh, designing the building. So they have been key in making sure that the new building is going to mesh well with the current uh, surroundings of the neighborhood, but also bring us up to date with the modern amenities.
0: It's interesting that we're talking with Dr. Susan Zola, Superintendent Unit 4, and of course, Jeff Dobbs. He's a principal at uh, this uh, Dr. Howard, which is going to be the old building they're celebrating tonight. Uh, starting at 5:30 until 7:30, you're welcome to come and walk through the building, get photos, and share memories, and and so forth. And then looking forward to the new building. So the construction of um, when will they actually start? Um Tearing things down, I guess. Will that be later this summer, I would assume? So uh,
14: preparing for for site demolition will be this summer. Demolition is expected for our fall-winter months, and then the actual new construction will start uh, sometime this next spring. It's about a a year-and-a-half build, so the actual doctor Howard staff and families will be um, relocated to Columbia for two years and then hopefully be ready to move in um, after we finish uh, completing construction on site.
8: Yeah.
0: Do your current students Jeff uh, have a sense of I mean I know they're pretty young but just that this is the last I group th- in that building.
13: Definitely. And I think um this, year, this week, especially, the kids are starting to realize that. And I think up until now that hasn't sunk in, but a lot of kids are beginning to ask what's happening and where we're going to be and um, even telling us some memories that they have with Dr. Howard. Mm-hmm.
0: I know over at the U of I, it's a totally different thing with, like with sports facilities. They went around and looked at Purdue and they looked at Michigan State and they looked at examples of when they redid our buildings here sports facilities they took ideas do you do that with a school do you get ideas from different places
14: absolutely so one of the things that happens uh, certainly with a 208 million dollar referendum is you um you request for proposals for both architects and construction managers and so those individuals are from across the country um and their teams who have both worked with tight infill and also um are are sort of dedicated to rebuilding schools um, we have project management teams that oversee all the projects, and then we have in other individual partners that help us with that, and part of their work is to continue to explore um, school safety, school security, uh, academic uh, spaces that are helping in the 21st century and what that means and looks like. So, yeah. um, we have a, a top-notch team um, that, is, that are serving us in this work, and we're very excited for the collaboration moving
0: forward. Yeah, school security has been a been a big topic, obviously, and you have to think about that too. when building new buildings and Absolutely. how it works.
14: Our one-cent sales money, as you know, uh, allowed us to rebuild several of our elementaries, and each of those has a, an entrance that you uh, transition into, and then obviously you, the only option is to transition to the main office um, after you're buzzed in, and then you can actually access mm-hmm. the main thoroughfare of our campuses. So our new campuses will also have those secure entrances moving forward.
0: How's everything going overall? With the different, uh, I know there's land acquisition. You talked about the Burnham Mansion. There's a lot going on, right? There's, all the
14: right, a lot of exciting times. Yeah. I, I really am honored to be in the role that I'm in in the next uh, several years as this work moves forward. Um, you may have seen Tommy Stewart Field is in our construction phase yeah. and will be completed this fall. Where both our high schools. will have new turf and we'll have a new track. Um, Southside was actually in the design phase. And we've just gotten some community feedback this spring. Uh, Spaulding Park, uh, we're looking at a groundbreaking uh, in collaboration with our friends at the Champaign Park District, hopefully next week, and and you'll start to see some fencing up um, on Tuesday as that work for our new um, Central Baseball moves forward. McKinley is also in design. Central Centennial, we've had teachers in all week and staff as we get ready to continue uh, moving towards construction uh, documents. And then, of course, Edison and IPA aren't too far off in their planning.
0: Yeah, well, there's a lot going on. I've driven by the um, football field construction. With that turf, that'll help not only with the team and the track, but with the bands, too, right?
14: Absolutely. That, that will allow um, several programs and athletic uh, competitions, um, and it'll, it'll be a real state-of-the-art, I think, space for our community to, to feel pride that they've invested in our schools and, and they're seeing the fruits of that investment.
0: Well, Jeff, uh, how long have you been now at, at Dr. Howard? Uh, you... I've
13: served Dr. Howard for three years, two years okay. as assistant principal and this year as the principal. Yeah.
0: So you're excited about the transition that's coming it's up? It's an uh,
13: opportunity of a lifetime um it's you know even though three years i still have some great memories of this building but looking forward to moving forward with our new building
0: all right well let's recap tonight starting at five thirty. just uh
13: Yes, it is uh, tonight, 5.30 to 7.30 at uh, 1117 West Park Avenue mm-hmm. in Champaign. Um, there's going to be food trucks and sweet treats there, opportunities for people to walk through. Um, the one thing I did want to highlight is that we've had many calls in regards to receiving a brick um, oh, yeah. for from the building. So we are going to uh, be selling bricks for uh, $20.00. Um, for uh, the, from the building and that will have a nice plaque uh, in, honor, uh, in honor of Dr. Howard made by Trophy Time and we're also going to be selling a watercolor print for $10 that ha- has been painted by our art teacher uh, Michael McLaughlin um, uh, that people can buy as well so it's $30 for the package it's $20 for the brick and there's it's $10 for the uh, painting and people can buy be able to pay by cash or card tonight okay
0: And so they can uh, purchase ahead because obviously you get the bricks after everything's down. So yeah,
13: yeah, it'll all be pre-ordered, and then once all the bricks contact everybody, and they'll be able to come by and pick up the watercolor and the brick.
0: Cash or credit? You said cash or Or credit. credit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for coming in on this. Thank you, thank you, Brian. It's sad in one way, an old building, it but it's is. new, yes. exciting in a new way with uh, Definitely. everything new. So, all right, Jeff Dobbs, thank right. you. Thank you. Susan Zola, thank you. Thanks, Brian. All right, we'll take a break. 1054, back with more Penny for Your Thoughts after this. Welcome back. Penny for Your Thoughts, News Talk 1400. Thank you to Dr. Susan Zola and Jeff Dobbs. from, uh where Susan is the uh, superintendent, Unit 4, but also Jeff is the principal there at Dr. Howard Elementary. That event tonight, 530. Until 7.30, they'll have some food available out there. And uh, they mentioned at the very end, you can uh, order pre-orders, some commemorative bricks, paintings of a Dr. Howard Elementary. Got a text uh, off the air uh, on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line at uh, 3515357. says, will the name stay the same for the new school? Yes, it will stay the same. It'll be the Dr. Howard Elementary School, as it's been since 1910. I looked it up. Uh, It expanded. Dr. Howard expanded, adding four classrooms in 1920. Uh, other additions were made in 1953 and 59. Today, the school home to about 340 students from kindergarten through fifth grade. And after Central and Centennial, the most expensive Unit 4 project uh, that taxpayers greenlighted in 2016 was the $16.1 million demolition and construction of the oldest active school building, Dr. Howard Elementary, again established in 1910. 1905 is when uh, Columbia School was built and uh, Colonel Wolfe School as well. 1914 is when uh, Edison, it's now Edison, it was the Central High School, had a capacity of up to 1,000 students. And uh, Bottenfield came along in, uh, let's see, 1955, Kerry Busey, 1957, Garden Hills in 58, Franklin Junior High, Opened in 1954, going back a little bit. Westview and Booker T. Washington opened in 1951. Jefferson Middle School in 61. Those are some of the dates for the schools in our community. But Dr. Howard's celebration tonight, 530 to 730. Hope you can uh, make it for that. Thanks to all our guests from the Fire Institute today, from Unit 4, and you as well. Your open line conversation in the middle. We appreciate that. We're uh, back tomorrow. Tomorrow, by the way, is Flashback Friday. Get ready for that. Here on Penny for Your Thoughts, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Have a great day. It's 11 o'clock.